All you just did was say, I'm amateur hour. Here you are trying to sell your best self and say you have attention to detail and say that you think of all the things and that's the one thing that you didn't put money into or think of and it shows. We've all heard a picture is worth a thousand words, but did you know you can interpret meaning from an image 30,000 times faster than you can read about it? This makes visual branding the most powerful and effective tool you have to communicate to an audience. My name is Alec Watson. I'm an international campaign filmmaker and photographer. I've worked on campaigns ranging from beverages to beauty and pop stars to presidents. Part art, part science, visual branding becomes challenging and rewarding when it's interpreted by your audience. When you share an image, you become the creative. You become the storyteller. Visual branding is how you personify and tell the narrative of your brand, whether you work for a corporation, own a small business, or you're branding yourself. Interviews, stories of wins, and some epic failures. The Your Visual Brand Podcast will help you align your images, video, social media, and websites so you can tell your story like a boss. In three, two, one. Welcome to the Your Visual Brand Podcast. My name is Alec Watson. Today's guest, great friend of mine and fantastic editor, producer, Shelly Gonchorowski, owner of Collective 7 in Seattle. Shelly spent the last 20 years writing, directing, producing, and editing radio programs before moving on to video editing. She served as executive producer at Jones Radio Networks, where she worked with Marie Osmond. Incidentally, as a little side note, I know that Shelly was also, for a time, the voice of the Marie Osmond show. You'll notice that when you hear her voice. Shelly was the executive producer of the travel radio show Peter Greenberg Worldwide, where she got to travel around the world with Peter Greenberg. Some people have it rough. When I met Shelly and I knew that she was fantastic with editing stories, I told her one day, Shelly, you really need to edit video. Man, you could take this stuff that I put together and turn it into fantastic stories. The rest is history. So today I've brought her here to have a chat with me about how you can better tell your story. (laughs) Shelly, Shelly, how are you? Oh, Alec, it's so good to see you. I want to see you in person, but I'll take this for now. Uh, you know what? It is so good to see your face. We we don't talk enough anymore. We've worked together for years. Shelly is my years. You know, obviously my go-to editor for pretty much everything. And I thought today would be awesome to chat with Shelly about story because I work on things often where we just throw a bunch of stuff together where I'm not in the loop on what the actual story is. It's just like, Alec, film this, film this, make it look pretty. Mm -hmm. And then it gets handed to Shelly and she turns it into something amazing. But it always occurs to me, it's just like, you know, I bet your story is more important than that. And you probably have so much to say about it. (laughs) (laughs) It's so funny. Yeah, we could talk about story for like many, many chapters, I think, because it really is. It's the nugget of any piece. It's the idea, you know, it's it's the idea you want to convey to clients doing all the filming and getting it all all amassed, all the crew, all the people and 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 just popping off shots here and there without structure, without a, without a plan, without a template of what the heck you're doing. It's just, it's cause for a lot of chaos and it's cause for a lot of potential doom and a lot of hair pulling I, uh, through the process because people aren't aware of what it is you're wanting to say, be it an educational series, be it a brand video, be it a think piece, 
documentary film, like anything, everything needs a story arc. Everything needs a beginning, middle, and end. Um, no matter how, if it's a 15-second sizzle, what's the point of the sizzle? What do you want to have in there? So everything needs a story. So if I'm a solopreneur and I'm just making a YouTube video with starring just me, mm-hmm. same structure? Yeah. What, what, what do you, what do you want to say to the people? What's the point? What's the why? What do you want to convey to people who are going to watch this and what do you want them to do at the end? So all of those actions require thought behind what you're going to do before you turn the microphone on, before you turn the camera on, what's the what? Otherwise, you're going to ramble. And we all know, we've seen those videos where you turn it on and they just keep talking for 12 minutes when they could have got it all done in a minute and a half. And that's not to say that everything needs to be a minute and a half because if it's good content, if it's a good story, it can go for 12 minutes and you're going to get the audience there. But the But what those people have is a story, is an outline, is an arc. So knowing the why and knowing what you want people to do at the end, it sounds like a call to action. Yes, that's exactly right. Yes. (laughs) Knowing that I have a call to action at the end of my video is, is kind of the point, I I guess, when we work in marketing. Yeah, absolutely. And, and again, that goes for a, a, even a five second piece, a, a 10 second piece. Like what is, what is the end result of what you want the person to do after they've watched it? Because if you don't have that, they're just going to watch it and keep scrolling. <laughs> they're just going to keep going up. Well, that was, I guess, entertaining. I don't know what that was, but I'm going to go to the next thing until the next thing catches their eye. Okay. Next question. <laughs> An <laughs> intro. How important is the intro? It's very important. Without it, you don't know what you're setting up. So you have to, you have to demonstrate what it is you're about to watch. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's something that has to catch, catch and capture really. Uh, that's the point of an intro. That's the point of it, whether you're introducing yourself or introducing your product or introducing your theory, whatever it is, you have to have an intro. Why, why am I stopping to watch this video? So here's the million dollar question. How can I make my intro better? I think it starts with with preparation and practice. To make your intro the best, I think you have to understand your end goal the best. You're like, what is it I want to do? And so that's going to inform how you start your video, how you start anything you say, again, whether it's about you or about your product. What is kind of setting them up in a way? The intro kind of sets you up to uh, explain what you're about to watch and kind of uh, then you once the intro is happening then you get to watch what I've laid out in my in my intro piece and so it's it's the place where you get to catch them in the beginning so I think it's very very important here's a thought so when I went to school and I had to make a good intro I would actually work on the content first I'd think about Mm -hmm. what it is that I'm trying to say I'd work on my content and then when I had all my content together, then I'd know what the intro was. That's exactly right. That is a the be- that is actually the best way to do it because I'm a producer as well, um, as you mentioned, uh, and I've and I so I've I've been on sets. I've been next to the director, or I'm the producer who is asking the questions. And oftentimes, you'll start out with a "Who am I and why am I here?" for the person just to kind of get them loosey goosey. Then they get into the meat of what it is. And again, assuming we have it all kind of crafted in an overall idea, and even if they don't. 
you get the meat of the content. And then when that's all recorded and said and done, and you've got that part, then oftentimes we always go back and start the intro again, because they're looser, you're more, you're more um, relaxed, and you've said what you want. And now you get to go ahead and, and reinform people what it is you're, you're about to see, because you already know what you said. Oh, awesome. So you're saying too, that even if you're interviewing people for stuff, Mm-hmm. Do an intro, but redo your intro after yep. you've finished. Absolutely. Ah, it, it, every nice. every okay. time you will use that second, you will use the intro that you did at the end. I guarantee you'll use that one instead of the first one. Because the first one is always they're nervous. A lot of people, when especially if you're interviewing somebody or or anybody who's a, who's in front of the camera, whether they've done it once or 10 or a thousand times, there's still the butterflies when all the lights are on and everyone's staring at you. And, you know, they've called for quiet. And now it's like, oh, I have to talk now. And something happens to people every time. So it's always better to get that intro again at the end because they don't, at that point, they're just throwing it out and they're like, they got it. You know, it's, it's something that they know they can do. Awesome. Awesome. That's a great one. Now I, I film things a lot and I tend to be a film on a tripod in, 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 in my world, we call it sticks. I tend to mm-hmm. film on sticks a lot and I see a lot of people running around with handheld cameras these days from an editing mm-hmm. perspective. Mm-hmm. Is, is there a preference for you and how does it tell the story differently? I guess it depends on ultimate, the ultimate story. If it's, I found that more serious pieces or when you want to call information oftentimes uh it's a static shot and they're they're talking to camera it 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 kind of ends up depending on who is doing the filming and if they've and if they're used to the run and gun and being able to capture it's a it's an art form to be able to get off your tripod i think and and do more of a lucy style because i've seen i've seen it done really well and i've seen it done really badly (laughs) where you were like why don't they have at least one camera that's static and so you can do whatever you want with the others so um it, it really depends what it is and and you know how good the camera person is really i got it so uh and and basically i like i'm i'm thinking of you know someone Going okay, I, I film for myself or I, I film for my my small business, and mm-hmm. I'm trying to tell a story, and I'm trying to tell it in a professional way. My, my approach would generally be because it's one of safety, is that and we call it coverage. I would shoot the the wide shot on sticks, meaning I'm going to shoot it on a tripod. I'll get the whole story on a tripod, and then my go-to would be B-roll, meaning the the B-roll generally isn't somebody talking. It's just all sorts of shots of things that they might be talking about that we can cut to to tell the story, and then we know we've got great cut points, and that's my method of production. But you, you as an editor, are you get thrown all sorts of things, and <laughs> yeah, so I <laughs> I, I'm wondering if there's an advantage to the production where you kind of do it static and pick up B-roll, or if if somebody is just out there, for, you know, they're, they're going to be editing on iMovie and they're going to be doing handheld and running around and grabbing stuff. Is there a better way to tell the story? Is there a an easier way that you can set yourself up for cutting something together. 
if you're if you're the one who's in front of the camera and you're the one who's talking the way the best way to elevate your video is to have that second camera um and if you're the only one doing it it's a little trickier um but having that second camera being that kind of more run and gun picking up those b-roll shots uh helps the editor because you're going to stumble. You're going to don't want to do a pickup. Something fell or there's an airplane and you need a cut, but you said something so wonderfully and you want to get part of it. You need to cut to that. And so having a source to cut to, um, now some people have slides and some people have other things and other B-roll they can do, but, but oftentimes just being able to pick up the shot, like I'm talking with my hands right now and often people do. So having a B-roll shot of, you know, my hands gesturing is a great cut point and little tiny oh, profile shot of, 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 of picking up the same conversation, just little things like that help elevate the video. And you can cheat them if you're doing them by, if you're really strapped and you're the only one doing it, you can, you can totally cheat that and, and kind of do pickups, but it is, I think the best of both worlds, if you can have that second camera capturing the same at the same time, what's happening, like, like you said, uh, like the, the wide shot static, and then you have the other person running around and capturing that other part, because that just is cherry on top. And for an editor, because then you're, then you're left with letting, letting kind of, uh, getting rid of the space and the flubs and the things with ease. Cause you know that there's something you can cover all of the edits. Mm, yeah. Yeah. If you've only got access to doing this one camera, mm. uh, totally fine to do that like static shot and then film all the B-roll after the fact on that same one camera. Or do you prefer two cameras at the same time? I mean, it comes down to budget oftentimes um, for people, but if you get second camera at the same time it's great and because a lot of times you don't remember what you did um because you could have a situation where you're you're exclaiming something and your hands are in the air and then when you do b-roll your hands are just in your lap or they're ringing or they're you know they're doing something else and uh, then that yes. doesn't match so you have to have you have to be then you at least have to have a very working knowledge of what you did and what you want to pick up or have somebody there taking notes for you uh, to then kind of replicate that conversation. Uh, to, to that point, I'll, I'll mention that one of the ways that, that on the filming end of things, if, I, if I'm working on something and I've done an interview and I'm only working one camera and I've got to get those hand gestures and things like that, I will get the person to speak about what they were speaking about. It doesn't have to be the same lines, but I'll do a hand close-up and ask them, hey, can you just tell me about that thing? And they'll start moving their hands. That's a great idea. And then, uh, and then I, I'll, yep. I'll grab those little shots that I see. Uh, any way they can get back into the same mindset is, is what I try to do if I'm, if I'm on one camera. And, and I know I'm sending it to an editor. Uh, so a pain point, all those flubs. You know, we, we all do things like nine times over to get them right. <laughs> yeah. How do you, as an editor, how do you decide which is the right one? Like, how could we help ourselves shortlist? Oh, um, you mean as, as 
when you're handing over the footage to the editor in terms of the yeah, paper or edit? If, yeah, or, or if we're editing ourselves. Yeah. Like, mm. so that, that's gotta be a pain point for you. Like I, I think about you sometimes when I'm just like, oh man, that was a lot of messes and I have not got a way to communicate that to you. And now you're just going to watch all these. <laughs> do you just watch them or do you have some kind of trick that you could let people know that is just like... Um, I will be, okay. So if I have been given something that hasn't been, uh, given a, what they call a paper edit, which is, you know, they've taken a, um, transcription. Are we talking about? Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. Transcription. When I, when, when, when somebody else is filming and sometimes what they'll do is they'll, they'll have a transcription and then the producer will go and uh, cr- literally cross things out uh, with time code and things like that. And that's, and that's great. Cause that's very helpful. It tells you exactly where they don't want exactly what cut to, or they'll, you know, cross, cross paragraphs out and say, use cut three. Wow. If I don't have that. And if I don't have um, a, a producer or. Sorry, that's really organized. Cause I've yeah. never given you anything like that. I think this is just your way of telling me. No, you have not. (laughs) (laughs) FYI. But um, other things that happen when you're in filming and uh, if you're filming yourself, you can only say it in the time when it's being filmed, but uh, sometimes they'll verbally say director or producer otherwise will say to camera, use this take. Like literally actually say Uh, use this take um, when it just finished or something. Yeah, at the end. Like a, I don't know. I use this take in a thumbs up and then you could look at the end of the clips and find the thumbs up and just assemble a bunch of thumbs up. Yep. That's another way. And then if none of that has happened, oftentimes what I'll do is I, I, you can see the wave file. You can see, um, and if anybody's been editing audio or video for a while, they can, you can, you can tell in video when one, grouping looks like the second grouping like they've re- just repeated themselves and oftentimes i'll scrub through and if they were doing it multiple times i'll shoot to the end and see let's just see what it looks like at the end and maybe they figured it out and oftentimes that is the best take well just and done and i just throw everything away before that but um if they're still struggling at the end i might have to go and look look back and it's a little longer process but you know my cheat is just to always go to the last take or what appears to be the last take and see and then work backwards you know what that's my my way of doing it too and and what shelly's talking about is when when you see the audio like the waveforms they look like little ocean waves and it's surprising how much they look alike over the same content if you've repeated yourself and then all of a sudden it comes to an abrupt stop when you've made a mistake generally <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't make a nice wave that's kind of crashing on the beach and and washing yes. out it just goes because <laughs> it's just like Doh! <laughs> and it yeah it sound like Ooh! Yeah, exactly um, makes a very specific yeah. shape <laughs> and so there, this one that continues on nicely like a wave exactly. going into the beach and coming back uh it has this nice quality about it that you can visually see and you go that's probably the one there yeah because i can tell nobody's going because <laughs> <laughs> that's the one thing if if your timeline's not moving if if nothing's playing you can still visually see audio for a good length of time depending on how zoomed in or zoomed out you are of your of your section and if you can see that same those same wave patterns again and again and again you're like scrub to the end <laughs> like there she's saying it there so for editing audio really important and looking at those oh. audio waveforms that's what you want to be looking at it tells you more information about your yeah. story possibly than your video when 
when you're putting that rough cut together. Yeah. And I will say aside, and I know we're not talking about technical, but I will, I will make a plug because I know you have, I, you and I have talked about this for the entire time we've known each other. Like one of the ways to the, the best way to elevate your, your, your piece is to get good audio. I don't, don't go to all the trouble of having a makeup artist and lighting and then don't hire somebody to do your audio. You like, you can have a beautiful shot, but if you're just talking into the camera microphone, you've got, you're lost me. It's gone. It's already gone. Invest in a lab, invest in somebody. Uh, it will be worth your while. I guarantee it. I absolutely. And I totally agree. As somebody who is a visual artist, you can't beat good audio. If you, you, you can't. can have a bad picture <laughs> and great audio, a great picture with bad audio is just unwatchable. It's it really is unwatchable. It just all you just did was say I'm amateur hour. I really, you know, and here you are trying to sell your best self and say you have attention to detail and say that you think of all the things and that's the one thing that you didn't put money into or think of and it shows it, in audio. It it, it it's just, the number one thing it's for me. The number one thing. It really is. If you and it's and it's not that much money. Rent a lab, thirty five dollars. I mean, it's not going to break the bank. You know, get get uh, a microphone attached to your um, iPhone. If you're only able to film on your iPhone, there's ways to get that microphone to you and have that audio be good. You, there's no excuse. There is no excuse. Okay, well, <laughs> that's awesome. That's great advice. I, I think that we're, we're at about four. So let let's go. Let's go one more pain point. Okay. Um, for getting great story to video. What, what would you say is like the number one thing that if you could change it to make storytelling better, hmm. professional or unprofessional? What's your elevator pitch? If I can say nothing else, when you close your video, have a point, like have a solid point. Just don't say, <laughs> and come see me sometime. It, just, it says nothing. Tell me why. <laughs> Give me a conclusion. Absolutely. <laughs> guilty of that i'll put a great why <laughs> in on the, <laughs> the end of this podcast something to look forward to in the next minute i'm sure uh, <laughs> gonna elevate that mm -hmm. because yeah so important yeah. And, and we both have a bias towards marketing and advertising because I, th I think that's where we tend to work the most and, and probably most videos are in some way uh, some version of marketing whether you know a youtube influencer you're still you're marketing yourself you're self-marketing mm -hmm. having uh, closing with a why that makes sense and giving somebody an action to do knowing that before you start man what a game changer yeah you're 60 percent above everybody else at that point you're like if you have that solid close if you have a solid open and a solid close you're you're grades above everybody awesome, else awesome absolutely well shelly thank you i man I, I could talk to you for hours about learning about editing I, I would love for you to to have you back on sometime i would love to be and, back on okay awesome we can talk there's so many things uh, like captions music uh all the, all the pain oh, points that, yeah, exactly, all the pain that, that we all have. <laughs> but thank you for today. Uh, made a super thank difference. You. And just having somebody as skilled as you, so awesome. Aww. Appreciate your time. And thank you. It's been such a pleasure to work with you and all these years. And 
I've learned so much from you. Um, I hope you know that because actually you were the one who got me started in, in video editing. So um, I thank you all the time for that <laughs> because it's, it's when I saw that, you know, you take the audio and you put the, uh, the visuals to it. It's, you know, it's amazing. And to be able to skill up together and to, to teach each other and to grow together, it's just, I wouldn't have it any other way. So I'm, I'll come back anytime. So fortunate to be able to chat with Shelly. I'm so fortunate to be able to work with Shelly. Shelly has taken things that I have put together over the years and turned them into real stories. I've become a better filmmaker and photographer because of that, the idea of story. Anytime we're working with our brand, whether it's a personal brand or we work for a company, we own a small business, we always want to take our social media and tell a story about it. We want to make that story cohesive with what's on the website, and we want to tie that in with what goes on in our checkouts. That's how we make fans about the things in which we're passionate, we're passionate about our careers. That passion becomes personified through our business. And that, in turn, becomes what is a brand. If you want to take your visual branding to the next level, I have a course on visual branding. You'll find it at yourvisualbrand.com. Not only is it an online course, you will get to sit down and chat with me. Together, we will collaborate and make a plan so that you can tie your social media, your website, and your checkouts together in a way that resonates with your audience. You'll find it at www.yourvisualbrand.com. I look forward to collaborating with you. In the meantime, get outside, take some photos, and make the world a better and more beautiful place. If you're enjoying the Your Visual Brand podcast, please share it with two friends, and I would love it if you would leave me a review. <laughs> Five gold stars would be even better. <laughs> Three, All right, here we go. two, one. Right. Right, that's a wrap, everyone. Yeah.